This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. On a new server, faster than before, joining me to discuss a bit of a wacky late show against the Eagles, missing their wise old owl at Villa Park, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm lying in my bed. Thoughts running through your head? Sounds like the start of a song, that does, David. <laughs> Gerard is dead. I'm loving Emery instead. Ooh. Oh. If only Villa fans got to that song first. The possibilities. The possibilities. I was thinking about this when I was making my tea uh, this, this evening. What, are you in lyrics mode? Instead of Conti and uh, Mourinho and even Christian Grace, that we, there's a, like, almost respectable managers. We could have thrown in Lambert. We could have thrown in Bruce. It would have been a much more funnier, funnier song. Really, you can't, we can't go with it now because Spurs would just give a shit for copying it. But uh, throwing Di Matteo in there. Oh, it'd have been, it would have been an absolute classic. We, we need to get on the front foot with these songs and, and get to the punch first. That's why it's a shame Coutinho's left in a way for the song alone. Yeah. Because Gerard is dead is is more impactful than Pochettino because he was like the best thing about Spurs, <laughs> and he went on to bigger, better things. Gerard did not. What I will say about that Spurs song, it's almost like they've really gone with it, even though it's still half cooked. There's yeah. still a few lines <laughs> they needed to uh, refine, like that line: "We'll play the way we want to." <laughs> it's like that's yeah. just lame. So yeah, it's seventy five percent done before they uh, they published on that it's one. A, it's a demo, lads. It's not a mastered track. Yeah, so, but yeah, Gerard is dead. I'm loving Emery instead. Would have been perfect. Yeah, right. We'll get on to this game. For me, it was it, it was it was mis- I, I didn't get to enjoy it like everybody else because I I was at Villa Park quarter past eleven for a meeting with uh, the the Fab Fan Advisory board with chris heck the president of business operations ben hatton who's just signed up as his chief operating officer and the rest so that went on from half 11 and my soul was uh, drained out from what i was listening to so i got into that game not in the best of moods but anyway we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that uh, how are you chaps i'm very well very well enjoyed the game i did enjoy the game in the end yeah especially the end yeah First half was all right. Last 10 minutes plus stoppage time was, was all right. Well, everything from about 87 minutes on, really. As, as we said on something for the weekend, it was the consecutive run that was online. And mm. it was also a turning point. And Emery had alluded to, because we you know two wins, two losses. And this team was perhaps better than the two that we've beaten. So Because they'd taken care of similar level of opposition. So it was, we needed to really jumpstart this season, uh, especially with the first proper, you know, the, the group game uh, away as well a tricky mm-hmm. tricky uh, sets you up well encounter for that, in Warsaw so win was vital for that we've done another main show if you haven't listened to it put it out pretty soon before this one uh, it should have gone out a bit earlier but that's the one that really connects the last main show to this one in terms of covering off the international break and Emery did a recent interview and kind of taking stock early part of the season so uh, do listen to that uh, two five 
sick the number of it is if you haven't already because this one would have popped up and you may have uh, missed the last one basically we've put out four in the last few days plenty for anybody going to poland by the way uh, keep you busy on the on the flight which is about two and a half hours right let's start with some villa news shall we As I said, uh, most of Villa news we had in the, the last show, but the sprinklings that have happened uh, since. Carlos Ramsey, Truré expected back soon. Any specific dates on them? They haven't said anything, have they, yet? No, but none of them are serious knocks, as you would say. Yeah, Moreno uh, was back in the squad uh, against Palace. Meanwhile, uh, Premier League fixtures against Nottingham Forest and Fulham in November have been moved. This is uh, essentially just for the European situation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Under-21s letter two-goal lead slip against Brighton in the uh, Premier League Cup. Finished 2-2. Brighton got a late equalizer after lots of pressure. Villa, Brighton, Hull and Swansea is the, uh, the group there. What it all means, we'll find out soon enough. And the main other news was the FAB meeting. The headline is, basically squeeze as much hospitality into Villa Park and around Villa Park as possible. I mean, I'll go into detail uh, first on a members podcast. Once the like the official notes have come out, and then you can uh, obviously go into it a bit more. But it's you know it's not good. All they've got in terms of connection with the fans at the moment, it seems, is just to get Emery to say make a connection with the supporters and off the pitch they're doing everything to uh, shafters really and they don't even seem to realize and don't seem to care they don't care that's the main thing they are driven monetary value is is the name of the game here and that's at all levels it's not just like general admission and your you know your match going fan they're doing this to like people who sit in boxes who are paying serious like you know six figures to go to in a box for a season they're rinsing them as well well uh, they aren't rinsing half of them because half of them aren't turning up the f- no. first two home games that trinity midsection has been probably a third of seats uh, empty and there was only one box being used in the Doug Ellis for Hibs. We gave him an agenda, and there's various things, you know, I requested, like statements on the rail seating. Apparently, because most of us were under the impression that was just uh, that was being introduced when you, you know, when the season started, it would be there. But, you know, they were saying, well, no, we said in the April meeting that it would be during the course of the season. Well, you know, I don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember it in the, uh, the official comms. If so many people were under the impression that it was going to be there at the start of the season because they told people to, you know, relocate and everything, then they obviously didn't communicate it well enough. The whole suite is all extents and purposes gone. It is that will be converted into hospitality and, and, <laughs> it's uh, i mean I, I pissed off about that because you know last couple of seasons especially is you know i go in the whole suite to meet meet people before and after the game and you know after the game we normally close the damn place yeah and so you're thinking that's why you're buying your, your season ticket price has gone up and you think well at least it's got the uh, it's, the price has gone up again and you think well at least it's got the, the whole suite at least it's, well, it's you fairly know, good for what it is isn't it right next door to the holtz and it's part of, you know, part of the culture. And you think, well, you know, football, one day football's getting further and further away. But at least as a season to hold it, at least you can have a drink in the in, in reasonable conditions, you know, in the stadium itself. But it was funny because Heck said, well, have you, have you seen the state of the the whole suite? It's, like, it's just not fit for purpose. That was his words not fit for purpose he's like he said there's no the screens are missing the carpets trash it's a mess it's not fit for purpose and you're thinking well it was, it was all right last season i don't understand and we actually went down they showed us it after heck had left and the, and you see all the, the screens on the top top level or above like that what would be a stage i suppose if oh, it's on the, stage mez- on the mezzanine yeah and those screens aren't there anymore. And you're thinking, uh, I've seen what they've done. They've taken those screens and put them in the bloody terrace view. No wonder they're not there. And no wonder it's not fit for purpose now because you've gutted it for the, whatever you, yeah. whatever parts you could take and put them in the terrace view because you know you're going to redevelop it into hospitality. You know, you knew it was coming. But announce it, communicate it before you're selling season tickets. 
and this is the big problem, is has been the communication and all things. And you're thinking that terrorist view would have never happened if we had proper f- supporter groups. Um, you know, you don't even have to call them ultras. Organized supporter groups, they would have repelled that terrorist view. Like Man you have done, like Man you have done at Old Trafford with the Stretford end. Yeah, and, and that's just an organized supporters trust. But in Italy, you'd never have that kind of shit going on. The ultras no. would clamp down on it straight away. And, you know, Chris Heck says, well, you know, that was before my time. There's nothing I can do about that. Well, there is and I said, well, yeah, there is, because that was GA+. And you could have probably got away with that as a soft, you know, just slightly better. You get to play, pay a bolt on. And that's all. That's the only time it was mentioned to fan consultation group was it was just going to be GA+. You know, you pay £25 extra or whatever. And you're thinking, well, you know, some people would probably go in there and, and it would probably just be the concourse level of what we should have in the year 2023. We're still dealing with 1970s concourses. And and I said, on your watch, it's now velvet ropes, hostesses and lanyards saying hospitality in capital letters. And he said, well, you know, you kind of kind of got to dress it up to sell it. And I said, yeah, but you're killing the, the you're killing the vibe, man. Basically, you, <laughs> such you, a buzzkill, heck. <laughs> such a buzzkill, heck. What, but no, what? seriously speaking, you know, I said you to him, I walked, up, I walked up those steps, and I was like, what is going on here? Because I, my only interest in football is the football experience. Is going on a cop end, i.e., the Holt end, where I've been since I was a kid. My first venture into Villa Park was on the Holts, and it's for that rough and ready experience of course you want a certain level you're not an animal if i want to go and have you know three course meal or whatever i'll I'll go somewhere else that's not part of my football experience (laughs) i'll go to tottenham yeah (laughs) no it's not part of my football experience you know what i mean you're not going to fine dine or uh well, if I want a fine dining experience, we've got, what, four or five Michelin star restaurants in the city that are way better than what you're offering. I'll happily pay them £150 a head. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is not the... Ex- I, I'm going to the football because I want the real English traditional experience or I want some semblance of it that connects me to the past of, you know, what I'm used to watching. I don't want it all shiny. I don't want fucking Disneyland. You know, I, I don't want to go and watch Aston Villa in a sanitised space. It's just not the same. But anyway, that's that's just me. But I think other people feel the, the same big, way. A big majority. Anybody who does, yeah. they know. And we, how many times have we said on here, we are not against hospitality. And that's what you're building a shiny new North Stand for, where you're going to have a shitload of GA plus and all that stuff. My only view on that is I don't think you've got an economic climate in Birmingham to support that. I think you're going to end up with a fair amount of people who can't afford to go in general admission plus. Because you, you've got to remember, I mean, that is, that is the diamond of the gentrification because you're going from the cheapest seats, the cheapest area. The people that have moved, actually from the whole 10 because of the prices so they go to the north and now that is not going to be cheaper than the whole 10. no that's going to no be no like way trinity road plus yeah so where are those fans going to turn up and doug ellis have been paying top whack for years and they've got some of the worst facilities in the ground especially in the upper tier yeah i mean we can rant on about this for ages but we had an agenda we didn't really get to uh, the meat and gravy of it i'm hoping that when they put out the notes for this they will actually address the questions and the, the statements we wanted and requested but it's also a problem in the meeting where you, you just got people saying oh you know we're really passionate fans and, and and it's like we don't need to tell them that we need to tell them specifics of what works and what doesn't work and again emphasize this if this is a consultation group let's have some consultation because this was another presentation as far as i was concerned but the north stand they're still wanting uh, to start this summer or the, sorry next summer coming up so that's the schedule for that but it doesn't I don't think it's finite just yet. This is a, a new phase, and I think within two or three years they were saying we would will be in a very different look, Aston Villa. But I, I don't know. Are they reading the room right here? Do they even give a shit about reading the room, David? Do they give a fuck? Do we even? Do, it's like, do they think fuck reading the room? We're going to do what we want, and they'll they'll accept it. And when I say reading the room, I'm, I'm talking a metaphor for the whole fan base and and the whole area of Birmingham. And oh yeah, they definitely can... they have no context of the fact that you know the local council's just gone bankrupt or that Birmingham is not exactly economically thriving right now. And just to finish off, Holt Suite, and they were saying, oh, uh, so the offering, you know, we're looking at an offering like you, you get like free food, like it's like all you can eat buffet type thing, a couple of drinks as well included in the price. And they're talking about it. And I said, nobody asks these questions. I said, so how much, how much would you uh, charge for that? And, and he said, oh, you know, not nominal fee. This is, sorry, this is Ben Hatton. 
the uh, chief operating, uh, new chief operating officer. But anyway, I said, and he said, oh, nominal fee. And I said, oh, how much? And he said, oh, uh, I don't think we've decided that, have we? Turned to somebody else. Somebody said, oh, no, no, we haven't decided that. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll have to ask so-and-so. And I was like, this is like past the buck. This is wishy-washy, they know. And I said, come on, give me a ballpark around how much would it be? for such hospitality in the Holt suite now. And he said, uh, yeah, really look, you're looking around 70, 80 pounds. Oof. And you're like, and I just like, I, I, I mean, I puffed my cheeks out and just, just turned around. <laughs> just <laughs> walked, just like walked away. I was like, shit, no, this, uh, what is happening here? I mean, maybe we don't know Birmingham. Birmingham's itching to drop loads of money on uh, half asked hospitality anyway we're, we're, let's not waste uh, waste time on the show talking about fucking hospitality but yeah to say like 70 pound for the Holt suite it's it's like is there that amount is there that amount of people who can afford it because i don't think these are the nope. people that are going to be bellowing out and uh giving you an atmosphere at villa park we shall nope. see well the Holt suite you know the, the uh sorry the, the terrace view hasn't been full yet has it for any of the games no Anyway, more of that later. Let's let's crack on because this is the the bad thing is on the pitch it's it's going well or it's going in the definitely going in the right direction and and you want to just talk about that and focus on that. You want to enjoy the good stuff, but you want to the club to, to be ultimately successful. You've all got to be moving in the right direction yep. and don't take advantage of fans when things are going on the pitch. It's like that game. I can tell you a few things and don't shoot the messenger. And if Villa got beat 1-0 by Palace, people would be going, oh, yeah, this, is, this isn't on, blah, blah, blah. But now Villa won 3-1. It's like the men in black thing where they uh, press the switch and everybody forgets everything. Because if I mention it now, people go, oh, yeah, so negative. I'll oh, just find any excuse. You know, we won. You know, it's, like it's not related to on the pitch. And this is the problem. You are being taken advantage of while uh, you're docile because we're winning. Yeah, and it's strange, isn't it? The, the, the correlation between the on-field and off-field has probably never been like this. Or well, certainly I can't remember it being like this, where we've been pretty damn good on the pitch and actually getting it so wrong off it. Traditionally, when we get it wrong off the pitch, we get it equally wrong, if not worse, on the pitch. Yeah. Before we go on, helping to support the show, NordVPN are offering a bumper deal where you can get an extra four months free on top of huge savings on... The personal choice when it comes to VPN of my old man said, if you want to protect your privacy on your devices and while you're browsing, then NordVPN allows you to use it on six devices. And of course, one of the key attributes of a VPN is it allows users to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in their region by switching their virtual location to a country where you can watch it. Perfect for those 3 p.m. kickoffs on Saturday or 2 p.m. kickoffs on a Sunday for the untelevised games in the UK. To grab your exclusive discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms and you'll receive four extra months for free and there's a no risk Nord 30 day money back guarantee as well you'll find the link uh, in the episode description notes as well so check it out right anyway three points God, if City have finally, is this the end of this uh, saga? Settled a high court case with insurance no. broker over Emilio Salah's death? Or is it the beginning? Mm, it could be. This was an interesting case because they had been forced by FIFA to pay um, the remaining transfer fee, which they were trying to get out of. But this is actually a case they took up with their the club insurance broker. And it came down to whose responsibility it is to insure newly signed players. Now, if this one had went to court, I don't know what way it would have went. I mean, no full disclosure that's my that's my industry's insurance you know if you buy a new car and you don't tell your insurance broker about your new car they're not going to pay out yeah. but cardiff have got a a settlement from this broker because the broker obviously didn't want it to go to court so it was whose responsibility is it to tell the insurance that there's a new player coming in so they were, were trying to sue the broker for upwards of 10 million pounds but a settlement has been reached and cardiff's put out a statement saying they were pleased with the settlement so they're going to have a bit of a, a boost to their finances point number two how are we phrasing this a, a check returned large fella he's pretty yeah he's a yeah. huge fella Mm. Is this the one where his dad paid to pay, play like 10 minutes or something? That's the one. Yep. It's all coming back to me now. A 22-year-old Martin Podhasky, who has never played football before because he's a big fella, as they say in Australia. Big fella. 
has been signed by Czech club FK Ustinadlaben. Ustinadlaben, I think it's pronounced. Labem. <laughs> He's set to play for the third tier Czech side after his dad paid the equivalent of was that 17, 17 and a half grand yep. Yep. for 10 minutes of game time. Club chairman Mr. Cuban says he doesn't play football, only FIFA on the computer. <laughs> However, I don't see 500k rolling on the floor every day. This is obviously uh, Karuna. Cr- Karuna. I like that. I don't, however, I don't see 500k <laughs> rolling on the floor every day. Those people. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to see that rolled on the floor every day. <laughs> if someone gives me this kind of money, I'll let anyone join. Sounds yeah. like Chris Heck. <laughs> Podhowski is now officially registered with the Czech Football Association, according to reports in the Czech media, which allows him to begin training with his new teammates. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, Chris Heck looks like a, a, a smaller version of Alex McLeish, and Ben Hatton looks like Tom Fox number two. Oh, no. Which was uh, a bit it's of a... golden a, era for the club. Oh, yeah, giving me Tom flashbacks Crim- there. Tom Crimson Fox. Bad flashbacks. And Big Heck. Not big heck anymore. Oh. Yeah, big heck, mini heck, <laughs> <laughs> mini heck, and uh, Tom Crimson Fox the second. The re- reference to crimson, by the way, is what he referred to as Villa's colour, as opposed to claret. Uh, point number three: Scottish football team accuses Elon Musk of stealing their logo. Haddington Town AFC, based in East Lothian, accused Musk of stealing its crest for a new logo for his rocket company SpaceX. Both logos feature the white outline of a goat with a circle on a dark background. Is that that sounds like some satanic uh, (laughs) symbol? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's just dialed it in for for Musk because it is very, it's uncanny, the similarity. Ryan uh, Leishman, who coaches the club and handles its social media, was first alerted to the similarities when he logged on to discover more than 20 notifications from the USA. He said, I think most of the boys are happy for Elon Elon Musk to come in if he wants to play. It's going to cost him 500k karuna. (laughs) (laughs) He said, uh, we'll put him up front. He's a big laddie. 240 pounds and six foot plus if he invests a lot of money i.e 500k karuna we will put the number nine strip on him there you go you can play football if you got the money yeah that's the moral of uh, the three points for this week and that's actually what heck heck's gonna bring in next year isn't it Sod prize where it lies, and if you can hit the things in the whole end it's like now i'm gonna get a spot on the bench mate imagine the coach handling the club's social media that would have been good years gone by. Tim Tim Sherwood on Villa's Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, one, one thing Heck did say was, uh, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I'm fucking good at bringing in big sponsorships. See you later, Castore. Ta-ra. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, is he, is he one of those guys? That's what I hope. If he could deliver on that, then uh, all well and good. At least Perslow was like, judge me by my actions, not my words. At least he tried yeah, to be a bit the opposite right. of that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're going to be sponsored by SpaceX soon. There's going to be a goat in the front of the shirt. <laughs> a big, big white Just rocket where the satanic, whole used to be. Just put a satanic goat symbol on the front of the shirt. I'd, I'd buy that. What could go wrong? Right, onto this Palace game. First bad news was poor old wise Al Roy Hodgson couldn't make it. Was, is any update on his condition at the moment? Do we know? No. Uh, they, they, they weren't specific with what was wrong with him. They said he was recovering at home, though, before, yeah. the, uh, before the game. Hopefully he's okay, anyway. I, I had wondered if he'd been in the meeting with you and Chris Heck, to be honest. No. And just stormed out. But going into this game, as we've said, turning potential turning point, north or south, in our season. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, you wanted to keep that run going. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'm sticking to the, the league game-winning streak. of We were on eight, so this would take it to nine. I'm sticking to the uh, league streak just in case Everton beat us in the cup and then uh, that will end <laughs> that one. But other people are saying 10 because of the Hibs game, but uh, we'll, 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 stick it, we'll stick with the Premier League uh, situation. Unless it gets to 20, then all, all competitions, then, then we'll start bragging about that one. Zaniola came in instead of, essentially it was just for Carlos, wasn't it? It's was swapping out that three yep. centre-backs to uh, a regulation back four. Yep. 
as you would expect against teams where you're going to have a lot of the ball. Yeah, he was playing on the left-hand side. McGinn more over on the right. It's kind of drifting around, actually. They were, they were all, other than yeah. sort of um, Louise and Kamara, they were all kind of fluid, that front, sort of almost like a front three off what behind Watkins, really. Hard to work out exactly what the shape was. Diaby was playing like a 10. Yeah, one thing I noticed straight away was Kamara was, Cash was still kind of playing the role he was playing, like a as a, well, we'll call it a wing-back uh, for a better yeah, very advanced, wasn't he? And Palace gave him all the space and in the world. And what Kamara was doing, he was slipping in as, as that kind of right-hand side uh, centre-back. So we were playing with, it was like a quake, you know, it was like a hybrid, we like the word hybrid nowadays. It's an, it seems to be an Emery thing. But not only is now the player a hybrid player, it used to be a centre-back hybrid right-back. Now it's a DM hybrid right centre-back because he was dropping off when we were playing the ball out. And it kind of makes a sense. It's almost like, well, actually, we don't need to have a third centre-back on the pitch. We can keep that extra player up front and just have one of the DMs playing that role, although you are losing one of your pivots to actually p- play the ball too, aren't you? So I don't know how effective that would be against, uh, let's say, a more press-intensive team, you know, like your Manchester City's Arsenal. I don't think you would. You'd, 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 no. you know, you wouldn't... Um Surrender yeah. space. But for a team like Palace, who essentially just sat back, you, you can get away with it, can't you? Yeah. You can still play the same ethos mentality, but without actually sacrificing one of your forward players, you just have Kamara drop in. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that makes it even harder for Tillemans to uh, get a start. Mm. <laughs> But we'll get on to that. We, we don't have to go too much into the first 80 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But the first half, I mean... Should have been home and dry. It should yeah. have been home and dry. It was almost like, I mean, we had complete control. I was trying to work out the reason why we haven't scored yet. Is it because Palace are actually well organised and actually playing how they've set up well? Or have we just not played with any intensity? They seem, we seem to be playing very, almost like robotically almost like predictable and it just wasn't happening for us and you just thought is it going to be one of these days it lacked a bit of tempo it was one of those games where you thought it was a kind of a Ramsey Moreno combination or something like that with a bit of pace and just take the ball to the to the line for long periods Villa were kind of very comfortable in possession especially Torres yeah. Um, you know, he was running things at the back and you know, the game, they sort of almost allowed... It was pretty cash. slow, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. it was very slow. So they had sort of a, two banks of four, or almost a bank of four and a five. And they were just shuffling from side to side, but they were allowing Cash to be the out ball, kind of knowing that, well, we'll take our chances if he can beat our guy for pace. Because he's a championship level player. <laughs> <laughs> said it. I've said it. You had to, you had to say it. Is it true? Though? Let's debate this no. quickly. No, no. Chris no, says he's no. Feel sure he's he's better than that, but he's not. He's just not there yet. But there's he's, there's chance. There's time to get there. But what yeah, I would say, a good game. <laughs> yeah, I'm not labelling that as well. I'm, I, I threw in a joke, and I'm just I'm just asking. If you, if you actually look at the chances in that first half, we'll ju- just round them off. Watkins' chance had to do better. Cash ball across the box and Watkins didn't stick a toe out. Zaniola not making the edge of the box, set up Cash with an air shot and a Cash free header that he put into orbit. Yeah, if, you take those, you know, if you take those four and the Diaby offside VAR goal, there's there's five, five very presentable chances. Let me rephrase it. It's Cash's finishing championship level. <laughs> <laughs> As it wasn't previously, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, it, it has been. Come on, it has been. Yeah, he had that one game where he scored two goals, mm. but before that preseason, yeah. I mean, he's putting them into orbit. Yeah, yeah. I do like the fact that our right back is getting in those positions, though. Yeah, but he, if he sorts that out in his game, then he becomes somebody on another level. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. Agreed. Because he does get into the space. I mean, that yeah. one that Zaniola set him up, he's in the box completely unmarked on his own, and, and now he did swing out with his left foot, but he's yeah. just trying to hit everything too hard. He was kind of where like Ramsey or Louise were towards the end of last season, sort of coming onto the ball, but he kind of obviously yeah. rushed in from the right side. The, you know, obviously, the Diaby one is just unlucky. You know, obviously later in the game, you get a, a decision goes your way by millimeters, really, with the, the penalty. But it's a great ball by Torres, brilliant, simple finish by Diaby. He's probably looking around at his teammates, going, "That's how you be composed in front of the in front of goal." Watkins one, he should score, but it's actually a very, very good save by Johnson. To be fair to him, but he shouldn't have any chance with it. Well, you've got those two examples and, and, you know, Cash kind of falls, if he's looking at that, to learn from Watkins. Now, he could have had two, three, he could have taken, you know, brought it right up to the keeper because there was nobody within, I don't know, five yards of him. Could have been taking it round him, potentially. He had time to get, to really get into that box. You you said the word that's his weakness. Ollie Watkins' weakness in football is time. He should be acting on instinct because if you give him time, it doesn't work out. 
he took it way too early. If he brought it in, drawn, drawn the keeper out a few more steps, then suddenly Johnson's a lot more vulnerable and probably the same shot at that scores. Because from that distance, he's got to be hitting the top corners, really. Yeah, just whip it round him. I remember seeing Suarez do that once. It was like, wow, that's the example of how to do it. Just whip it in the top corner. But yeah, it's it's a funny one because Diaby, I mean, whew, the first touch, beautiful. beautiful. Well, great ball, great touch and a great finish. They should have just overruled the... Uh, Overall, that possibility offside just to let the the wonder and the art of football. Uh, yeah, it was a beautiful rejoice. ball by Torres as mm. well. He was deserving of being finished. and Villa were thoroughly good value for the would you know would have been good value for at least going in one nil up, two nil up at half time. Even sort of two or three probably wouldn't have flattered Villa that much, even though no. they hadn't actually been brilliant. I just thought actually for a team who were very defensive, Palace when they were called upon to defend weren't actually very good. I'm sorry, I'm still meditating on the fact that uh, that DRB finish has been wiped off the record by of, millimeters at best. Mm-hmm. The history of football it no longer exists, but he is technically he's very good, and I really like him. And he's got that composure that perhaps Bailey doesn't have. Although Bailey did pretty well when he came on, to be fair. Yeah, no, but comparing the two players, he seems to have, in terms of his technique, it's a lot cooler and composed, and it's controlled. A bit of of Gallic flair, as they call it. Mm, uh, I don't know if it's... I think he just, he knows he's good. It's a, bit like, it's a bit like Henri. It's it's kind of silky, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. like mm-hmm. well, Bailey's a bit more. It's a bit more of a franticness, and you know he's got ability, but it's it's not as smooth as yeah. Diaby. Diaby's like well-rounded edges. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So at this stage, you're thinking... Now, are we going to pay for the misses? And especially because yeah. it was it was looking like one of those days already because the ref was already starting to kind of have a bit of a stinker with just real inconsistency, even though it wasn't remotely a dirty game. It was just a yeah. few tackles going in and he didn't get on top of things and he was giving things straight away. Like he, he couldn't get his yellow card out quick enough at certain points. Then he wasn't bothering on others. He was just a bit all over the place. That was the thing. The narrative was starting to roll out, wasn't it? Oh, disallowed goal, referees starting to be... Missing chances and all being that. Being a prick, missing yeah. chances. Palace not doing anything think but they're going to do something at least they'll yep. have it have their day and second half starts and it, as you were imagine how it was going to play out it happened torres it's a horrible goal in it torres is like mings but in kind of reverse mings physical stuff one-on-ones no problem the odd sloppy pass brain fart moment yes torres is like the opposite you know great passing great distribution great vision physical fart once in a while (laughs) well to use your nfl reference torres is about trying to be like the quarterback but he's the one player in the villa team that you can't afford to get tackled if torres gets sacked sacked, yeah Yeah. if torres gets sacked they're in because nobody's expecting it because yeah marteta just he just it was the same as the burnley game he just rolled him and then he just massive though yeah he just just burnt him for pace down the wing as well and you can see the rest of the villa defense they're just not expecting torres to lose the ball and when he does they're gone and it didn't help them it didn't help that martinez slid but the writing was on the wall anyway because it was a good ball into the middle and edward easy chance yeah martinez 
with a rare error. When I'm lying in my bed, Martinez is dead. I'm loving Olsen instead. <laughs> Actually, when I'm lying in my bed, Perslow is dead. I'm loving Chris Hack instead. That can go straight in the bin. <laughs> all right, yeah, we'll bin that one. Well, we'll bin both of those. Bin all of them. Just, just let's just yeah. not sing angels in a football ground. <laughs> no, bad enough with Robbie Williams singing it. Well, we're not. I'm not advocating it. I'm just good taking the Mickey out of Spurs. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, unfortunate by Martinez, and then you're in the predicament where Palace have start to actually their tails start to wag, and they and they think, well, very unlikely, but if we get another one, this is game over. And, and it could have been for Martinez. A couple of redemption moments for Martinez. Yeah, yeah, especially the second one, where Eze mm-hmm. tries to lob him. It's a great save, that one. Eze had a good game, actually. I, I really like him. He's always done well at Villa Park, hasn't he? Even when he, I remember when he was a young lad at QPR, in the dark days of the championship, he always used to play well against us because he's mobile. And then when I saw Duran on from McGinn, I thought, this is desperado time, rather than tactical genius Emery time. I thought, this smells a bit of desperado. Well, he'd hooked um, Kamara for Tielemans, hadn't he, after about an hour, which Kamara wasn't very pleased about. Yeah, uh, Tillemans was happy though. <laughs> well, was he? I don't think he had a particularly oh, yeah. fun afternoon up until sort of the last five minutes of stoppage time. He made he a, a couple of decent afternoon. passes, kind of instrumental. He, he definitely contributed to winning the game. Yeah, I think he doesn't like Ronan. Difficult before. Yeah, that's what I mean. I thought without Sorry, the ball, say that again. Like... He doesn't like Ronan at all, Tillemans. No. Yeah. <laughs> he got mugged into him one uh, incident. Mm-hmm. A couple of occasions, yeah. But, it, but you know, for at that point, you're sort of thinking a bit of a huffing and puffing a little bit. I think Duran had a snapshot and um, a couple of other little moments. You thought, fucking hell, we're, we're, yeah, we're not going to get it. And then obviously Wat, um, Watkins hits the post, doesn't he? Yeah, and that's exactly, there's Ollie Watkins in a nutshell. Snapshot, didn't have any time to think about it around and was very unlucky. You're very surprised you got it, got that shot off. And uh, after it hit the post, could have gone it any which way. Could have bounced. If it was Pickford, it would have bounced off his head and gone in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, up until that point, I was getting pissed off about all the time wasting, because Palace would really game for it. People are saying, well, we shouldn't throw stones, but I'm sorry, but have we been that bad? They were going for it, and they weren't being punished for it either, so that was where you come back to the referee again, because we've seen in all these games so far, it's it's brought over, oh, you throw the ball away at all, you do this, you do that, you get a yellow card straight away. Palace were just, they weren't doing anything wrong in football in terms, I mean, prior to this season, every team would have done it, but... You know, you're expecting them to be punished for these, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, you're right. You're expecting the referee to have a semblance of control. But also, it's fairly well announced. I don't know if Palace got the memo, but they're going to be adding time on at the end of the half, whichever half it is. So you can waste... I mean, I think they're probably banking on, well, they're not going to put on as much time as if we fucking waste the whole 45 minutes. They're not going to put on 45 minutes, are they? It'll be like 10 minutes tops. And then Johnson went down, and, and you're looking at that replay. I actually, uh, when he went down, I thought, oh, here we go. And you know, after he was down for a minute, I thought, I'm going to the toilet here. And went to the toilet, I was thinking, oh, he'll, he'll be still down when I get back. There was a monitor there. Uh, so after I finished, I was looking at the monitor to see if he had actually got injured or not. And the ball hits him on the head, falls down, doesn't twist anything really, does he? And you think, that's bullshit. And then you'd have probably seen it as well, Phil. The the, the coach, one of the coaches yep. on the Palace bench does the old, you know, where you mm-hmm. signal a substitution and you think, all right, okay, he is injured then. Yeah. And then a few seconds later, more time wasted and he's like, he's good to go on the corner. And you're going, this is bullshit. Why mm-hmm. hasn't the referee pulled him off the pitch? He can't with a goalkeeper, can you, unfortunately? The only reason he didn't is because his hair's too short, probably. Yeah, Emery lost the plot. He was remonstrating with the, the Palace bench and saying, look, if he's injured, sub him off. That's it. Get him off. Yeah. yeah. Which was interesting because the ref got straight on top of Zaniola, if you remember. He threw the ball back to the player, but not quite to the player. And he just booked him. He couldn't get his card out fast enough. So we're in this murky grey ground now where it comes to time wasting. It's like they've put in this rule that we'll add it on the end. But the players still do it, and the referee has no control still. He doesn't exert his authority. Yeah. I think they should injuries like that, they just stop the clock. You have the game clock running, and you stop it. On incidents like that, then, infinite amounts of time. then it's visibly, you can see that what you're doing here is just a waste of fucking everybody's time here. Because the clock stops, so roll around for five more minutes is not actually going to do anything. That's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and In the end, it cost them nine minutes. Yeah, and it pissed me off. To the extent that I, I stuck around the concourse, I thought, right, well, watch a bit of this, see what happens with other other people, because you just feel this is not our day. But you know, as 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 we always say on the show, don't uh, don't leave before the end to beat the traffic. <laughs> and I was pissed off because I'd been at that 
background from half 11 and, you know, as I said, wasn't too happy what I was hearing uh, in that meeting. Then somebody I was meeting was like, you know, shout out to Ben. Good half an hour after we had agreed a time. So I'm like, I'm kind of steaming, not, you know, not from that, but compound effects all adding up. And then I'm standing there really pissed off with Palace's and Johnson's time wasting, watching this on the, the concourse. And I'm thinking, right, oh, I'll go, you know, go back to my seat. And then they cut off the feed because there's people on the concourse just watching it and they cut it off and it's like you cunts and i just stormed out (laughs) and everybody else did and of course then the game started for real yeah and you missed probably one of the probably the best goal at villa park since mcginn's goal against sheffield wednesday yeah no it didn't happen (laughs) (laughs) it was a cracker wasn't it and i'm I'm all for the birth of duran I mean, yeah. it's, he's nineteen. It's it's interesting. I mean, the, the prognosis before was he's a raw, he's a raw. It's kind of a cliche thing, isn't it? That people say, and you know, we we say it as well. It's like nineteen. You think, well, he's young, and then when you see him, and he's he's all energy, and he makes things happen. But you think, oh, raw talent here. But has he really got the talent? Because we got Benteke young, and he he started doing things quite quickly. And you thought, hey, hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. And with Duran, control is exceptional finish is i mean he's got to finish on him we've already seen examples of that and when that hits the net you're going hello and then you're starting to add things up you're going well what about that finish against hibs that wasn't just like a one-off was it no and the everton one the shot the shot off the bar against city in his first couple of games then you're thinking so this is why we haven't gone out into the market and splashed more money on a striker this is why we said yeah see you later archer because this is, they must be comfortable with this. I mean, they spent a lot of money on him for, you know, an MLS 19-year-old. They must know that this guy's the hot potato. Well, he's, he's, he's popped up at the big moment, hasn't he, with a real top-quality goal. I mean, from where I sit in the sort of the front of the upper hole, it's a... Yeah, that's where I sit view. as it's well, normally. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's unlucky, David. I'll learn you. Um, you'd have experienced a wonderful thunder bastard. <laughs> from his left peg unbelievable and it was one of those moments that I just thought as soon as the, that one went in and then they announced nine minutes of injury time I just thought we're going to we'll, we'll win this now well why don't you text me hmm. well, you, text you you know you can't get a signal up there David you'd have got the text this morning <laughs> <laughs> no, what, 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 the last thing I'll say about the finish was how quickly he hit it after it's on his chest it's already in his head he knows exactly what he's going to do this isn't just like a, an instinct of reaction that's what was impressed me it's like right chest hit I'm having this. It's a half folly. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we haven't got the visual here, but it's a half folly. Reminded me of it was very sort of like Shearer esque from back in the day. Players like that. I thought it was it was like Benteke's against Norwich. That's the the quickest. Sort but of it's exactly league. what we were lacking. And um, like we were controlling. The, I mean, the whole first half, but we didn't have that kaboom. Yep, and kaboom it was. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, and in, in the half time was getting. You know, you're starting to think about the big picture. You know, is this where we could get you know sticky wicket that we've become a bit predictable we haven't yeah. got that you're looking on the bench for something else and you, you're not considering Duran at the moment as the finished article but I think what he did against Palace you're now thinking that actually he's a he's a player in this uh, matchday squad now mm-hmm. and I was and I was really pleased actually for for Dinia again you know to get another assist under his belt he's really sort of I think he knows he's got Moreno Sort of breathing down his neck now. Yeah. Now he's back in the squad, and he's and he's put in another good performance. You know, got involved again going forward. He had a really good game. Yeah, five assists in six games for the most part. I think he was he was good. And he was, second half, you know, first half, sorry, Cash was the out ball. Second half, Dina was more of the out ball. But you're starting to see from Dina why it was regarded, you know, as he as he is. Yeah, he, he is a a, a decent level left back for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, what, you know, one-one. You think right, nine minutes goes up on the board, go and win the game. And um, at that point, you're thinking we can we can go and do this. And of course, you get the penalty, which was the second controversial moment it after was. that offside. Which it was that offside quickly. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't seen a close-up close-up of that, but it looks. Uh, you're talking like millimeters, yeah. aren't it's you? Very it's very close. Like yeah, robotic letter of the law precision yeah. rather it's than not, it's not clear like a day or anything not clear at, at all is it so if that was given you know before var you'd be like yeah fair enough the opposition i'm talking about would say yeah fair yeah. enough it was like they were, they were level so whereas they were raging about the penalty weren't they yeah and their point of view and, and their management's point of view was he was he touched the ball the first time you see it and people in the stands as well mm-hmm were from speaking to them after were were saying it just looks like he, he gets the ball and that's not going to be a penalty yeah well if 
the penalty it reminded me of, if you cast your mind back to Bjorn Engel's worst moment or worst game against Spurs, he made a tackle on Son that gave away a penalty in that game. And to, for all intents and purposes, it looked like Engels had won the ball cleanly, but you touch the player first before you win, you win the ball. Yeah. Then it's a penalty. And even after all the replays, I can't tell if, I think it was Richards, the Palace player, if he got anything at all on the ball on his first dive through. He certainly scooped it away on a second movement, but he did get Watkins. Was it like five minutes to make that decision? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time. Obviously, went to the screen. I've, I've never seen the ref go to the screen that long. I think the thing that probably saved Villa was the fact that he'd given the penalty. So, of course, yeah. he's, if it's not clear, I think because I think if he hadn't given a penalty and had, and had gone to VAR, he would definitely have not over, overturned yeah. that decision. The fact that it was well, his decision, Well, if he hadn't given think, it, I'd, it wouldn't have come up, I don't think. Yeah, because it wasn't clear and obvious error. It wasn't like very obvious he got the ball. My my thinking was actually it was a penalty instantly just because of the angle. The player came in f- sort of from the back of Watkins. So you've got to go through the player to get the ball. You know, you're always going to sort of you know you're letting the ref make a decision I think anywhere else on the pitch if you dive in like that you're probably going to get penalised yeah. even if you get the ball just because of the intent um, and then of course there was the other one where uh, was it Ward their captain was going absolutely apoplectic with rage after the penalty gets buried by Louise which is a great penalty by the way because of Diaby's encroachment yeah yeah and Watkinson encroached as well if you watch the replay he yeah. went into the D I think at that point, the ref just wanted it over. <laughs> and that isn't just biased opinion. That's just a fact, isn't that's it? That's a fact. <laughs> and, and with a very jobs-worthy kind of ref, you think that's the kind of thing he's instantly going to pick up on. But fair play yeah. to Louise, you know, a last-minute penalty. Uh, yeah, so all good there. And then just to put the icing on the cake. Yeah, and again to mention Dean, the overlooked bit of that goal was Dean's overhead kick clearance that right fell. clearance, yeah. Yeah, fell the hour, ended up with the alley to cross across. Was it, sorry, was it Telemann's put through to the alley? Yes. Yeah, Telemann sends him off. Yeah, to the Dean's overhead kick clearance landed with Telemann's to set the alley free and very composed. Duran drew a couple of players away, leaving Bailey free at the back post. So it was all good. And Bailey composed finish. Yeah, well, like you kind of let a little tee up for himself, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, he, he sort of he had it under his feet and he whacked it in and the, and the place went mad. He thought it would have gone mad for the Louise penalty, but actually it went ballistic for the Bailey one just to wrap it all up. It's a you know, really sort of dramatic end to the game, but it's great, you know, going into the, the European yeah. trip with such a sort of a positive bit of momentum. Because you could, it, it could have been a, a pretty difficult one. Bailey, Bailey did well. It's good for him after that sub sub incident at Anfield. That could have yeah. lingered on for a while, but now it's all over because he scored. Yeah, 100%. Which he does, doesn't he? You know, he gets little bits of criticism, but he pops up in games with assists or goals. He does make things happen. Yeah, that was another thing that was pissing me off when he was on. People were like he was swearing right. at him. He was and, doing the right you know, thing. He, he picked the ball up at the halfway line and there's two players on their left-hand side in front of him and they were going, ah, oh, fucking hell, Bailey, run, because he's seen him. So he's like eyeing up what he's going to do. Hmm. Like, fucking run, Bailey. And it's like, he's not going to go past those two idiots. You know, it's like, why yeah. give him such a hard time? It's like a reflex that they give him well, real harsh time. It's like, yeah. give him some slack. And by the way, he's, he's putting it in the net this season. I think he's had a, fa- a fairly decent start to the season. You know, he's there to make th- he's there to he's there to assist goals and to score goals. Mm-hmm. And you can't say he hasn't done that yet. Is his overall you know, all round play a bit frustrating? Yeah, but he's he's getting results. Yeah. There's far bigger problems. <laughs> than Contributes to being a match winner, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. You can't say he hasn't got any end product, because he has. And you need a few players to win games like this with proper end product. And he and he does bring that he's got that in his locker. So that's you know, it's all all well and good. And especially when you're um, you know, your sort of your star strikers having a bit of a lean period, which we'll come on to in a second. All of a sudden you've got you know Diaby looking good in front of goal, Bailey's looking good in front of goal. That can only Durant. be positive if you've Yeah. Duran, you, you know, you've got other people contributing. That's what you need if we want to and you know, we keep talking about levelling up. Well, if you can share the workload as your team and especially your squad, you know, the, the narrative I'm sure in the in a lot of the press was that the subs kind of changed the day and when you've got, you know, two subs come on and basically score two of the three goals then it's like well Emery's kind of got it right quick 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 one Watkins getting smack from uh, some of the fan base uh, yeah, I mean it's almost like a secular thing it always pops up uh, now mm-hmm. we've one goal in 12 people saying Duran's the new Benteke even though uh, how many games has he started in the Premier League so far none <laughs> uh, is it that number. simple <sighs> he's he's turning into Villa's version of Harry Maguire at this rate he's just getting stick for sticks sake at times because that's means- a bit extreme Phil that is a bit of extreme oh. Maguire's <laughs> chronic isn't it <laughs> it's not a very good example I'm, uh, I'm calling that one that's he's right. turning into Aston's <laughs> Harry Maguire Harry Off Maguire is it's been bad for a long time scores own goals 
passes to centre forwards. Anyway, but let's not drag this out. But Watkins still, you know, he's an integral part of how this team works moving forward. And on another day, he has two goals and he's like up and running for the season in the league. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's fine margins. And, and we've always said that about Watkins, isn't he? He's streaky. I mean, he has the, you know, he has periods of luck where he used to hit the post a lot or it's, you just got to stick with him. Yeah, but that said, you know, he should be, he should be taking that first, that first attempt he had. He should be taking that on and uh, drawing in the keeper. But the question remains, is Duran, do you play him over him? I think personally, it's too early. Let yeah. Duran yeah, develop in his own time. All his cameos have been great so far, so I think brilliant. You know, Would you start him against Ligier Warsaw? No, I'd, I'd no. start him against Everton though in the cup. The thing about Watkins is he does win. He did win the penalty as well. It was a hard take from that pass from Tillman because it was zipped yeah. in him. He did the right thing and he was about to score before he was taken down. So yeah, he is still contributing. I agree with that prognosis. You start Watkins against Ligier Warsaw, and or you continue to start him, and Duran let him do his cameos and start him, start him by all means start him against Everton as well but you'll see him get more and more game time just because we have so many games to play but the good news is with Duran you know you, know, you don't need to rush him but he's actually making an impact and scoring goals now and you clearly see potential before it was a bit of fun for 10 minutes now you're thinking this guy's got something and for his and age, he's, got, he's physically very very developed isn't he he brings kaboom to this <laughs> Villa team right Key stat, Phil Shaw. Douglas Louise won the ball back more than anyone in a Premier League game to date this season. 16 times. That's impressive. Did he go home with it if he kept getting it back? <laughs> <laughs> also, he, he did equal Barry's record, didn't he? He did, yep. Fourth consecutive home goal. I thought you said own goal. There. <laughs> that, that would be Richard Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> that would be Richard Dunn's record. <laughs> so Louise uh, on fire yeah. at the moment. He was also the, the fantasy Premier League top villain with 10 points as well. There you go. Triple whammy. Can Tillemans get back in this team? It's now, if, if, if old Kamara's been used as this hybrid DM stroke centre-back right, right side chap and Louise is killing it. It's harder for uh, old Tillemans. He'll start, I think, Tillemans against Legia Warsaw, would you think? You know what? The fact that Kamara was hooked, well, not hooked, but you know, he obviously changed things after an hour, I think he might stick with what he's got. I do wonder if they'll play a back three, though. Legia Warsaw beat Leicester back in 2021. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, why would that happen? And you think, well, because Tillemans didn't run around enough. <laughs> I, I do wonder if, you know, a bit like we went to Burnley um, and the those kind of games I, I wonder if somebody I know obviously Carlos is injured so you're limited in options I wonder if someone like maybe a, a Chambers would come in into a three in the centre-back positions and you'd just push sort of Diaby yeah. up um, next to Watkins in play a midfield three you know Watkin uh, not Watkin sorry um, McGinn Louise and Kamara well, we'll find I think out soon enough. Start. Before we get into the medium Muppets a uh, big shout out to all the My Old Man Said members for supporting the show and supporting uh, efforts it's it's you guys that gets me through those meetings let me uh, tell you that and i will be dropping uh, a show for you more detail uh, from that meeting but uh, also special thanks uh, this week to paul mate for uh, joining up as an annual member and also to alex taylor and pat buckley for renewing their vows to the My Old Man Said course. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for your actions this week. If you become a My Old Man Said member, you do get access to ad-free versions of the show. And when I get back from Poland, we're going to migrate so you can listen to the extra My Old Man Said podcast channel on Spotify, which I'm sure uh, a few people would be happy about. But more of that, members, the back end of uh, next week, we'll probably do it during Match Club uh, against Chelsea. Speaking of which, you also get access to Match Club, our inner community that joins up for kind of live podcasts, for want of a better term, where everybody can join in for uh, away games. But it's a 24-7 experience with many other chambers within the Match Club caverns. Please do go to myoldmansaid.com and click on the members link to get more details on it. Right, Midi Muppets. Right, what's been the theme of this week's Media Muppetry, Mr. Shaw? Well, this week the press are still obsessed with Ange Postacoglu's Spurs side after they managed. I, I like him. I like Big Ange. Mm. I think he's funny. Mm. <laughs> 
Come on, I like straight talking Aussies. What, I lived there for two years. What can I say? I do like straight talking Australians, and that's what he is. I could listen to his press conferences all day because they're genuine and it's not like the same old cliches. But so, what's your fucking grudge against him? I have no grudge against him. I think he's a good manager. But come on, it's talk about putting somebody on a pedestal when they've just about managed to beat Sheffield United with two goals in injury time. Come on. Well, he's got a song, hasn't mm. he, that everybody likes. That's, that's what you need. But. Yeah. What it does allow the press to do is recycle a lot of their sort of structure of their articles that they did for Unai Emery and Villa last season, like the first hundred days under Postacoglu, changing the culture of the club. Uh, just they, these are like these athletic things yeah. that they do, isn't it? From the athletic, where they just roll them out. It's like give him some time, dudes. Isn't you know, hundred days or whatever mm-hmm. it is. The hundred day things is very much like a president of the United States. So. That's what they're getting that from. The next is something a bit of a Simpsons reference. Manchester United's often on-field decline. It's a bit like the Simpsons episode where it isn't boo, it's boo earns because Eric Ten Hag got booed whenever he took off their new player, Rasmus Hoyland, but he thought it was positive. I mean, I've never heard a boo being said positive before. He says, you see from the fans in the first moment, Old Trafford, the reception is great. Hoyland performed very good. Sorry, very well. Good that they gave him this signal. This message will give Rasmus belief. Mm. Getting booed. I don't get that. No. Chris, what's he talking about, Chris? <sighs> Not a clue. I think he's lost. He's lost. Not a clue. See, we we are we are also the ears of the listener here, Phil Shaw. What are you talking about? Oh, me? I thought you were talking about Ten Hag. What's he talking about? <laughs> What's Ten Hag talking about? What's Phil Shaw and Ten Hag talking about? Ten Hag said it was positive that his substitution of Rasmus Hoyland got booed by the crowd because it will give Rasmus Hoyland great belief. Oh, I see what he's doing there. He's taking it on the chin and saying that actually they're supporting the player there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. He's, that's very gallant of Ten Hag, wouldn't you Straight think? Straight out the uh, Ferguson playbook, that one. Mm. Well, he not last as long as Ferguson, the way it's going, so we'll not need to worry who, about who him does? much longer. Mm-hmm. This is like an insult to Brighton, really. They've, they haven't, man, you haven't lost at home in a year. And yeah. That, and that was to Brighton, who were a good side. Brighton have got their number, and Brighton are a really good team. And is Emery going to be out after Brighton beat us at Villa Park? <laughs> Because, you know, this is one of the things. We've got this beautiful consecutive win record going on, but Brighton are a live threat when they come. It's like, shit, we've got to really pull out a decent performance. We can't get away with what we did against Palace or else we'd be, we'll be beaten before we uh, switch on the late show lights. Mm-hmm. The no, late well, show lights? Yeah, good one, that one. Yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> finishing off, we're back to Villa and it was, of course, match the day I've only just noticed Duran, John Duran now and they're going, they were full of the Duran Duran puns and obviously they thought it wasn't a penalty. Danny Murphy said he felt for the Palace players, Villa have got away with one there, but he goes, I don't think it's an absolute howler and Gary Lineker sort of agreed, but he did say at least the referee gave it himself and stuck with it, but the only thing you can say is if it takes five minutes on VAR, it's not clear and obvious, so uh, like we said in the main was it five minutes on VAR? Because the referee made his decision. Yeah. And then, I mean, I wasn't there, so that's why I'm asking. So did VAR say, you sh- maybe you should have a look at this? Mm-hmm. They were talking for quite a while, and then he was over at the screen for quite a while. Normally when they go to the screen, they're not there that long. They kind of have a couple of Because they were trying to convince yeah, right. them that he'd fucked up, weren't they? And he was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not having that. And then they carried on, and then they took to the screen. He's like, "Yeah, I'm still." That's not where you it. would love to hear the conversation between yeah, them and Stubby exactly. Park, isn't it? It'd have been fr- priceless to hear. They'd, they'd have probably all just gone, "I don't know. What do you think?" Because that's a rare one. Because you know, normally when they go, they're going with whoever's whispered in their ear yeah. to have a second check. So this is it's quite rare happen all the time. Yeah. So this is somebody back in his judgment. So it's really, you're in the zone of subjective here because you've got two parties here, one saying it's a penalty, one saying it's not. And as we were saying earlier on, you know, if the ref didn't do, didn't give it, then there's no way that's getting pulled up by VAR. No, it's VAR karma, isn't it? Because the first one was so tight. So you take that, although you prefer the Diaby goal over Louise penalty, ultimately. But long-termly... Got the job done. No, it's adding confidence in Louise further as a penalty taker, which may may pay off later on when he has another important penalty to take. So uh, it's all good. Right. Any final words? Bring on Warsaw. Get your bag packed, bud. Yep. What about the touch count? Oh, quickly touch count. We've got to go. We've got to go. But quickly touch count situation. Chris went for 53. Phil Shaw went for 44. That's bad news for Chris, bud. <laughs> 14. <laughs> 5-0. Uh, Wesley... For 16 touches. He got subbed off after 60 minutes when Stoke got beat by Norwich, 1-0. Scott Hogan played 86 minutes, 24 touches as the uh, Blues lost against Watford. 
Yeah, that's not bad. 24 touches in 86 minutes for Hogan. Well done, Scott. Blues went down against Watford. So, for the record, what's uh, next week's offerings? Do you want the games? I do. There are midweek games, but we'll just go for the weekend jobbies, which sees Wesley Stoke at home against Hull, while Hogan's Blues actually have a Friday night home game against QPR. Hmm. Just to give you a reference, Hull are actually fifth, so tough game for uh, Stoke, while QPR are 20th, so the Blues will be eyeing up... uh, Blues sixth at the moment. Blues will be eyeing up uh, three points there. So what are you saying? Um, I'm going to go 40. I'm going to go back to 48 again. It's 5-0 as it stands. Right, we've got some... Warsaw action to take care of in the next uh, week. We might do some member shows from Warsaw. I'll have to check out microphones and what I can pack in uh, hand luggage only. Until we meet again, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.